Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. All right. Good morning, friends. How's everyone doing? The first morning of 2023. Can you believe it? We are here. First of all, I want to ask the question, why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing here today? Just like it. If I didn't work at church, I probably would have slept in. But anyway... Anyway, um, it's great that you are here today. We're really excited that you're here. You're definitely getting some prize in heaven for being here this morning, like a garden cottage or I don't know what it could be, um, but definitely something waiting for you in heaven. Well done. Well done for being here today. And I want to encourage you that today we're ending off a brand new, or not a brand new series, a series we've been doing, and we're stepping into a brand new series, Love, next week. But today we're ending a series that we call Travel Light. And the reason for the series is this, is that during holidays, we always pack everything. You've seen, the, you know, the Pretoria guys, when they come for holiday, it's packed with everything, right? The trolleys. They got like the trailers and like the motorbike on there with bicycles, with, with everything. And, and the thing is about life is sometimes we pack in so much that we forget to travel light. And today we're ending off our series with a very special thing of ending off 2022 as well. And it's called Letting Go of the Past. Letting go of the past. Because 2022 is done. Remember, beginning of 2022, it was 2020 you, right? Now it's 2023, so it's 2020 me, or 2020 we, or 2020 the. Um, I don't know, you can make it as you feel. All I know is the, the diesel and the petrol prices are going down. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Anyone else? Yes. The Lord works in mysterious ways. But who feels optimistic about 2023? Anyone in the room? Feeling optimistic? Right, I've been giving people advice this morning, and all I've just gotten is rejection. Like, I went to Roxanne, and I said, you know what, I think you should diet. Like, you, you know, you're probably getting over it, you know, it's been a while. I think you should diet. I mean, you're a brunette, you should be blonde, maybe try something red. You should dye your hair, you should diet. No one, okay, just don't go try that joke on your eyes later, I'm just saying. Or maybe you're thinking, yeah, and you're literally thinking, this year is the year I lose weight, you know. This year is the year I make more money. Or maybe just budget better. Huh? Hallelujah. Or maybe it's, it's time I make time for, more time for my family. Or maybe some less time for certain family as well. After the festive season, you know, you realized it. Or maybe it's time I actually run that marathon. This year I'm running that marathon. Yes, hallelujah. Or maybe just, guys, finally this is the year I'm going to clean out the garage. And all the wives say amen, hallelujah, glory, there we go. But maybe thinking this year, this is the year that everything's going to change. And I want to tell you, today's sermon is not about, you know, get your New Year's resolutions and, and we're going to make them right because the truth about New Year's resolutions is, by the way, they always fail. Um, you've got about an 8% chance of actually reaching a New Year's resolution. You have a better chance of applying to Harvard and getting in than actually fulfilling your New Year's resolution, just by the way. Um, and also today, it's not, you know, the three-step plan of getting your goals ready for 2023. Today, we want to just ask you one question, a very simple question, a question that Jesus asked Peter, because Peter was also thinking about the future, thinking about the past, thinking about so many different things, and Jesus asks him one question that changes his life forever. And today, I want to ask you that same question. If you want to be successful, I think, in 2023... Ask yourself this question. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Him? 
Do you truly love him? Because you know that this question radically changed Peter's life. Peter we read about in the Bible. So let's read a piece of scripture together. If you have your Bibles, you can take them out. We're going to go to John 21. And we're going to read this piece of scripture together. It'll be on the screen here if you want to follow with me. And this is a moment where Jesus has, has died and he's resurrected. And in this moment, um, Peter and the guys, you know, they saw the resurrected Jesus. This is, this is actually the third time they see him. And they kind of like don't know what to do. So Peter says to the guys, guys, let's go fishing. And the guys are like, yes, boys weekend, let's go fishing. Anyone? Yes? Fun? And, and so they decide to go fishing because it's a thing they know. They go back to what they know because they're so uncertain of what's about to happen. And it goes on to explain this. Then the disciples who loved and said to Peter, uh, uh, just by the way, just this, then the disciple who, loved, who Jesus loved said to Peter, it's John writing this, right? The disciple whom Jesus loved. Like, how vain is that? Let's just quickly pause there for a moment. Imagine saying, you know, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Didn't love them. He like, obviously loved me the most. But anyway, John will get over it. He'll just get over it. Uh, but the, the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Because they're busy fishing. They see someone in the shore, and they can't make out who it is. And they're like, it's Jesus. And then as soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. And he has taken off his clothes, wrapped it around his body, and he jumped into the water and started swimming. He's like, I'm, I'm bailing. I'm going to swim. Why? Because just before that, Jesus says to them, no, 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 cast your net on the other side. Have you heard that before? And he says, cast your net on the other side, and they catch fish, and like, oh, that must be Jesus. Like, it's the same dude. And so they continue, and, and as he gets there, he, he finds, and this is such a beautiful piece of scripture, verse 9, he says, Then when they landed, they saw a fire burning coals, or, uh, burning coals um, with fish on it and some bread. If you didn't believe that Jesus loves a snookbrai and a braibroiki, there's the proof. Like, he has to be from South Africa, I'm joking. But, like, this guy loved braying, right? And imagine he gets there and there's, like, this fish ready and some bread, some, you know, fresh baked bread. And Jesus says to them, bring the fish that you have caught. And so Simon and Peter climbed back into the boat, helped the oaks, get the, the fish to, to shore. And it was a large amount of fish, 153. Just by the way, you're meeting Jesus again, the resurrected Jesus. But someone goes, wait, that's cool. But let me count the fish quickly. Again, a weird piece of scripture. Just bear with me, all right? But even with so many fish that the, that the net actually tore. And then Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask who you are because they knew that it is the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. As was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples, being raised from the dead. The next piece of scripture is a really awkward conversation. Who of you guys had an awkward conversation over the dinner table this holiday? All right. One of those where, you know, someone's like saying something to someone and you're just like, oh, this is awkward. And this is one of those moments. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Just pause there quickly. Who of you grew up with a nickname? My mom used to call me Brenti. Right? Don't use it. All right? Like Tumzi Poo. Like it's also what? <laughs> right? There's, there's so many nicknames. You grow up with that like Brenty, Brenty. But you know when you go, Brenty, Brent, Brent, Brent Pittaway, when they use your full name. When a, when a mom uses your full name, you know. 
That's when you start listening, right? And so in this moment, Jesus doesn't say, hey, you know, Peter. He says, no, no, he uses the fool. He goes, Simon, son of John. Oh, I can imagine the disciples in that moment like, oh, it's about to go down. And why is it about to go down? Because remember a few moments ago, Peter denied Jesus in front of a little girl. Three times. Not once, not twice, but three times. And it's like been hanging in the air. It hasn't been, you know, conf- conflict. Or there's still this conflict around. There's not, it hasn't been like confronted yet. And they're, they're still worrying about it. Like, what is, what is Jesus going to say about all of this? And, and he goes, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter answers. He says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Then Jesus says to him, well, then feed my lambs. A second time, he asks the same question. He says, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus said, yes. Oh, oh, well, Peter said, yes. You know that I love you. Then he says, well, then take care of my sheep. And a third time, and this is the moment, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And then the scripture tells us that Peter was hurt. He was hurt. Why would Jesus ask me three times, do you love me? He knows that I love him. But, but why would he ask me this? He says, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. You know all things, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, then feed my sheep. And in this story, there's a reason why Peter's been asked three times, do you love me? Because three times someone asked him the same or a different question, asking this question, do you, aren't you that guy that walks with Jesus? No, 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 not me. I'm pretty sure I saw you with Jesus. No, no, definitely not me. I'm pre- I saw you guys. You're like on the poster, everything together, you know, doing the thing. No, 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 that's not me. And in this moment, with this hanging in the air, of a past failure of Peter, in this moment, Jesus doesn't confront him and say, so, so Peter, how are you going to fix that? How are you going to restore that thing? How are you going to make up for it? No, he asks him one very simple question. Do you love me? And in this moment, Peter is confronted because he realizes something, is that he knows he loves God, but does he really know it? <laughs> does he really believe it? Because if he does, Jesus calls him to something new, to something greater. Jesus restores him with this one question, do you love me? You see, love is the only real thing that can truly change us. Love is the only thing that can truly change us. Because if we try and, for this year, you know, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to train, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to have more time with my family, all those things, those are great things. But they will never last. Because when you are driven by love, you will do something radical. I mean, if you love sport, you become obsessed. You become obsessed with sport. Like this guy here behind me. Like, what grown man would do stuff like this? Paint his face and shout at a bunch of people on a field. It makes no sense. But when you love the sport, I mean, come on. You've got to do it. I mean, if you love animals, you... You love animals, right? Any animal lovers in the room? You'd pretty much do anything for your pet, right? We pay so much money for them to go to the vet because they coughed funny once or whatever. Like, it's, we love animals and, and then you do what you can for the animal. You love them. 
If you love motorbikes, any guys in the room? When you love motorbikes, you collect them all. Like, you start collecting, you start building, you start fixing, you start loving this. I wanted to take a photo of my dad's motorbike collection, but I don't want to feel, you know, bad about my life. But anyway, he's got so many motorbikes. But you collect them all because you, you love the thing, you have a passion for it. I mean, if you love someone, you do something ridiculous like this, you'd get married. <laughs> Who does that? No, I'm joking. It's a really cool thing. I mean, love drives us to do ridiculous things. <laughs> Amazing things, outrageous things. Well, because love doesn't have a boundary. Love is always enough. And you see, Jesus knows the problem of Peter. The problem of Peter was this simple. Is that he knew he loved Jesus. I mean, he answered. He says, yes, of course I love you. But because of his past, constant failure, Peter didn't actually believe it. He didn't actually believe it deep inside because he was still confronted by the past and a possible future. So how does Jesus address this? How does Jesus make this new? Well, I believe in three very simple things. In your life and in my life and the life of Peter, he starts addressing these things. And for 2023, what if we can address the thing on day one, right now, and set ourselves up for a year filled with his love? You see, Jesus comes in to set Peter's life free by doing one thing. He closes the door of the past. Closing the door of the past. You see, 2022 is over. 2021, 2020. Thank goodness 2020 is over. Whew, remember that? <laughs> All right? It's done. And in this moment, this is what what has happened to Peter? He asks him, do you love me? He says, don't you feel guilty about what? He doesn't ask the question, does you, do you feel guilty about, you know, not saying that you follow me when that girl asks you? No, no, no. He says, do you love me? Because, listen here, it's not about your past. You know, in, in my life, I remember the day I met Jesus, and this was an amazing story. And I'll, you'll probably hear this story a thousand times because it's the greatest thing about me. <laughs> like, it's, it's meeting Jesus. And I remember that day I was on a first year's camp. I got there to the camp. There was weird people, Christian people. They're all weird, right? Look around the room. We're all weird. Let's just get used to it, right? If you think, ah, oh, they're not weird, you're one of them, definitely. Um, but, I mean, weird people there. I get there, just a bunch of, like, everyone's happy the whole time. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I start spending time with these people. And I start realizing, oh, they got something I don't have. And in the, in the worship the one night, I know, uh, someone says, raise your hand if you want to meet Jesus. And I don't know why, but I looked up. My hand was in the air. I'm like, what are you doing? And I started praying and everything. And I, and I go back into the worship. And I, and I remember this so vividly, so clearly, how Jesus says to me, I love you. And I start debating. I start debating this love. I say, Jesus, you don't love me. <laughs> you don't know who I am, what I've done. If you knew the depth of my heart, there's no way someone can love me. And he said to me, Brent, I know everything, but I still love you. And that's the moment my heart broke. And God transformed my life. You see, we need to accept that God's grace is bigger than our sin, bigger than the things around us, bigger than the world around us, bigger than the guilty feeling or, or us trying to say, yeah, God, I'm begging you, please help. He's bigger than all those things. 
Because when he transforms you, he doesn't do it because he's, oh, shame. No, no, he transforms you because he knows you deeply. Tim Keller actually had this very beautiful quote. You can go put it on Instagram or Twitter after this. You're more than welcome. It says this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. You know, when you go up to someone that doesn't know you and they go, I love you. Like, thanks. Doesn't mean much, but thank you. Because they don't know you. But to be known and not loved, that is our greatest fear. Imagine if someone knows everything about you, but they do not love you. They can use that against you at any moment. That's a massive fear. But there's a beautiful kind of love. It says, but to be fully known and to be truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. God knows absolutely everything about you, your past, your present, your future, everything. And he doesn't shy away from it. He says, in spite of, I love you. I love you fully. I know you fully, and I will love you fully. Because it's not about what you have done that determines who you are. It's about who I say you are that determines who you are. Standing, your standing with God is not determined by, by rules, but by relationship. It's determined by a relationship and not a bunch of rules. It's determined about knowing Him and loving Him. That's why we're asking the question today, do you love Jesus? Because if you love Jesus, it's not about the rules. It's about Him. It's about understanding Him, about loving Him, about being in relationship with Him. Why? Because if I love Him, it drives me to do actually fulfill the rules with even knowing, with even not even noticing it, because I'm focused on the right thing. I'm focused on the person of Jesus. Maybe you're sitting there and say, Brent, I hear you, but you don't understand. You know, I've been a failure as a husband, or, or maybe I'm, I'm, I've lived, or I'm, I'm busy living a lie. Or maybe, you know, I've lost some stuff financially, or maybe I just think, you know, I'm not great at parenting. Or, or maybe, you, you don't know, I've walked away from God and it's too late for me. I want to say, maybe I don't know where you are. But I want to tell you about a guy that might know where you are. And I think that's Peter. I mean, he walked away, he was a failure, he, he did so many things that he shouldn't have, but he didn't miss something. He, mi he didn't miss this one thing. When he looked at Jesus, he said, Jesus, you know everything. You know my life. You know what I've done as a fisherman, the, the dodgy deals I've done. And you know fishermen don't speak, you know, proper English. They speak like, you know, a bit of swear and all that stuff in English. A very colorful English or, or language, right? And so in this, in this moment, he's like, I've, I've done all these things. I've, I've denied you. I've done all these things. You know everything, but you love me. Why does Peter understand this? Because sometimes if we try and hold on to our past, what we're actually saying is that the power of my past might be stronger than the cross. And that is not the truth. Because the power of the cross, the power of who Jesus is in your life, is way stronger than your past. It's way stronger than your future. As a matter of fact, it's way stronger than anything. Because that is who Jesus is. John 1.12, it says this, But all who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. We have the right to be His children because we've believed in Him. We are reborn, not of a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but the birth that comes from God. What did Jesus do in light of Peter's past? Two things. He forgave and He restored. He forgave the past 
and who restored him for something greater than his past. I want to tell you today that your past does not determine who you are. It is who God is that determines who you are. It is Him. You are forgiven. You are His child. You are chosen by God. Yes, sometimes you might think I still mess it up, but here's a beautiful thing. Activity does not perceive identity. What you do does not determine who you are. I know that's how we grow up. Oh, you're a good boy, you're a bad girl, right? What you did determines who you are. But that's not the truth about who Jesus is. Jesus says that your identity perceives your activity. Who you truly are determines what you do. And if we believe, if we know that we are truly made new, as the scripture teaches us again in John 1, that we are reborn, that we are made right with him, that we are his children, what do we start doing? We start living a life that is full. Second thing is this. If we want to forgiven of the past, that is what God has already done. Jesus has done that. But second thing is, maybe for us to step into the present. Step into the present. Now, this is just a very short note, but I want to put this, ask this question quickly. How many, of, how many of you have spent time looking at the past and thinking about all the bad things and all the things, you know, that, that it actually eats up like time in your day? Think of, oh, I shouldn't have done that 10 years ago. Oh, should I have said that to that guy in, in traffic? <laughs> Thinking about all the things of the past, that it actually eats it up. Our, our regrets, our failures, our, maybe even our victories, maybe our past successes. We, we still live in those successes. You know, I played rugby, second team in, in, in matric. Yo. Who cares? <laughs> right? Looking at the past, thinking it's, that's what shapes us. The past does not shape us. It is actually the present. Why? Because you cannot change the past. But you know what you can change? The present. You can change this right now. Maybe you're thinking of the future and you feel paralyzed. Not knowing, uncertainty, fear, doubt. Jesus says, those things are in my control. But the one thing I ask for you is be present with me. Over the holiday, maybe your kids are like this. I don't know. Uh, my brother and my sister's got a bunch of kids. Not together, like separate, obviously. Um, and there's a bunch of grandkids, and, and uh, you know, me and Danau were playing uncle and aunt the whole holiday, and it was really fun. And they, they're like glued to the TV. Anyone's kids are just like, when you put on the TV, it's like, like you don't get any, I stand in front of the TV, and then after a few seconds, they're like, hey, like there's no, just, just focused all the like glued to the TV. Like you have to put the TV off to have a conversation, right? And I remember this, is, and, and as I was thinking of this, I was reminded, man, this is us. We're so glued to the past, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at this thing. I can't, I'm not engaged in it. It's not right now, but I'm looking at it. I'm so glued to the past. I'm so glued to the future. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with this country? What's going to happen with my life? What's going to happen with my family? What's going to happen with these things? That we're so missing what God is doing right now. We're so missing what God wants to do in our lives right now. See, it is in the present that our future is formed, not in the past not in the future. It's right now that God is calling you to something new, to something full. See, our qualification to be used by God is not a perfect past, but it is the presence of Him right now in our lives. If you don't have a perfect past, I want to say, wow, you are so lucky because God can use that to transform the world. I've seen it in my life, in the life of people in this church. He can transform the world 
with your broken past right now, but you've got to choose it. And the third and final thing is this, is to step into your future. You see, God doesn't just save us from our past so that we could just maybe get into heaven one day or, you know, get the chop, like, yes, I'm, I'm good, like, you know, there's no beef between me and, me and Jesus or me and God. Like, He didn't save Peter or forgive Peter from those things so that they can just be cool. No, He actually calls him to something more. He says, he says to him, He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know I love you. And He says, cool, then feed my sheep. I'm calling you to something greater than your past. I'm calling you to something bigger than you. I'm calling you to me, to who I am, to be called closer to who I am as Jesus. You see, he forgave him and said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus reaffirms the calling of Peter because Peter's calling is grounded not in his own performance, but it is grounded in the love Christ has for him. That's why I ask the simple question, do you love me? Because that is the thing that qualifies you. If you know that I love you and if you choose to love me. John 13, it's probably a scripture for this year, for us as a church, for me definitely. And it says this, a new commandment I give you, Jesus speaking. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. And by that you must love one another. He says, by, every, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What is, the, what is the mark of a disciple? How do you know someone follows Jesus? By this very simple thing. By the love you show people around you. It's that simple. Jesus says it himself. They will know that you're my disciples by how you love people. But here's the thing. To love someone and you don't have love to give is quite difficult, Right? Like, I'm still angry at this person. Oh, this person said something, and now I'm, you know, maybe we do things out of the ordinary because we're still struggling with things in our heart. Guys, to be fully loving someone else, you need to be fully loved. I, I, I work a lot with students and, like, young adults, and I would always chat with the young adults before they get married, and I would, I would just ask this one very simple thing. I said, do you want to set yourself up for a good marriage? He says, yes. I said, ask, ask yourself this question. Do you fully love God? Because if you do, the rest will figure it out. You'll get advice and they'll get through a bunch of things. And, and I mean, I've been married for a long time now. What is it now? 24? 24 months? It's been a while. Like, we've been married for a very long time. But in this, I've just realized this one simple thing. If I love God fully, I can love my wife fully. If I love God fully, I can love people around me. And, and you know what? That's not our job to love God because He has already loved us. The scripture says, as I have loved you, not will love you when you do the right thing or when you fix the past, then I'll love you. No, no. He says, I have loved you regardless. I fully know everything and I fully love you. He says he loves us today. See, Peter was still trying to live in his past, but then God says, no, no, I have something greater for you. I'm calling you to a life that is so freeing and so filled with who I am that you can live it fully. That you don't have to hold on to the past. You can close the door of 2022 or 2021 or 2020 or 2004 or 1993 or whatever it may be. <laughs> you can close that door and you can step into the future. Why? Because your past perfection does not qualify your future. I do. I qualify you are. And stick with me because I can show you 
what life looks like. You see, if we get it right, and I think this is very simple, if we get it right, when I look at my past, at my past now, I don't see failure. I see God's faithfulness. When I look at my past, I don't, de- I don't see defeat. I see God's victory in my life. You see, I don't see the bad things that was all around me. All I see was God's goodness. See, the past is there to remember. The future is there to hope for. But the present is here for you to connect with Jesus. And very simply put is this. How do we start stepping into that? How do we start living in that? Philippians 3.12, it says this. I don't mean to say that I have everything, uh, that I already achieved these things, or that I've achieved uh, and reached perfection. But I press on to possess what it, with that perfection from which Christ Jesus first possessed me. And it goes on to say, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I have not achieved perfection. I cannot. But I focus on this one thing. What does he focus on? The simple thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Putting, closing the door and opening up the new door of 2023. I press on to reach the end to the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. God is calling you to something greater this year. God is calling you to something bigger, bigger than a past failure, bigger than what you think your future looks like. He's calling you to something greater this year, just as he did with Peter. See, with Peter, he says this, your past is forgiven. He said to Peter, you know, what you've done, it's okay. I forgive you. That's why I died on the cross. You see, someone once said this to me, and it's, it's a pretty harsh thing to say, but they said, if you don't believe that what Jesus did for you on the cross is enough, that's the moment when you actually start saying, you know what, Jesus, thank you for saving my life, but I'm going to f- still fix this thing. I'm going to still do this thing. I'm gonna still trying to fix this problem in my life. But Jesus says, no, there's more to that. Because if you, if you think that the thing you've done is bigger than me, <laughs> I have some news for you. I have something bigger for you. See, the past is forgiven. Peter, his past is forgiven. You see that the only thing about holding something against someone is that you're doing it. You see, God is not holding anything against you. God loves this world that He sent His Son. He's not angry at us. He loves us. But maybe you're still holding something against someone. And do you know what's the bad thing about holding something against someone? Jimmy, can you quickly join me? If I was holding this against Tumi, is Tumi bound to this thing? No, because where he goes, I'm probably going to have to follow. Because I'm holding it against him. Who's bound in this situation? I am. I'm not going to let my laptop fall, but I've got to let it go. I've got to free myself from holding things against people. If you're holding someone, something against someone, someone that didn't pay before the end of the year, or someone that hurts you over this holiday time, I want to say this, is don't hold it against them. Be set free as Christ has set you free. Because that's what freedom looks like. To forget the past. And the second thing he says to Peter, and he explains to us, is that your future is set. Go feed my sheep. 
John 13 gives us this picture. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Imagine for this year you could ask this one simple question. When you wake up every single morning, God, how can I love people around me the way you love me right now? Don't you think that will transform the world? Don't you think that love will drive you to do the things that you actually wanted to do? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love myself the way you love me. So I'm actually going to go jog this morning. <laughs> I'm going to love myself the way you love me. So I'm going to choose the right thing. I'm going to love the people around me the way you love me. Because that's going to make me achieve those things. Because love drives us to do ridiculous things. But where is that done? It's not about dreaming of the past or dreaming of the future. It's about the presence. And the presence is Jesus. It's Him right now in your life. He's not something you're going to enjoy one day. He's not something you tried to enjoy and ran away from. He is a person you enjoy right now because of what He's done. You can change your past but you can definitely change the future. And the only place you can change the future is in the present. And the only person that can change the future in your present is the presence of Jesus. He can do that. So I want to ask this question, and uh, we can be very honest in the room. <laughs> it's a new year, right? And be very honest with yourself. First question I want to ask is this is who of you might feel like this? And you don't have to put up your hand. This is a moment that we want to have with God. I want to ask these two questions. Will you think to yourself, man, I want to let go of the past. This thing I've been holding against someone, I want to let go of it, just as Christ has let go of it in my life. And I want to take hold of the future that God has for me. Now, that isn't just a question where you go, yeah, I want to do that. Now, that is a conversation conversation between you and God. And, and we've got Ntako, the beautiful jazz musician, joking, just to create a space for us to speak to God, to start the year off right, to speak to God and say, God, you know, there's still something in my past maybe that I'm, that I'm clinging to, that I'm angry about, that I'm holding against someone, that, that I feel hurt. I want to say this morning, God, will you take it? Because I know you have something greater for me lying ahead. Let's take a minute or two to pray. Pray in your own words. You can pray out loud. You can pray in silence. You can sit down, stand up, whatever you feel. And just take a moment to pray to God and say, God, this is the thing I need to let go of because I know you have something greater for me. Let's take a moment to do that.
you're still praying, you can continue. And the second thing you can pray and speak to God with is saying, God, I, I receive this forgiveness. I receive this, this truth. And God, will you start showing me what you have in store for me for this next year? Will you come and show me what you have for me? And I trust that God will give you a vision or a word or something. Create a moment for you to just listen. Listen to what God is saying. pray together. Jesus, I want to say thank you. Sure. Lord, thank you for what you've done in our lives. With all the failures, with all the running aways, with all the trying to be perfect, with all the successes, Lord, those things are irrelevant to you. Irrelevant to who we are. Because who you say we are, that is who we are. We thank you that into this year we can, we can live a year of love. One that doesn't hold anything against anyone. One that's not shy of the past. One that's not worried about the future. But one that is present. Present with you. And just in these few moments, Jesus, as we were just quiet and, and present with you. Present with who you are. Father God, may that be a theme of this year for us. We can just be, just be with our Father. Be with our God that loves us. Just follow Him. God, not trying to follow goals, achievements, but to follow the Word of God. To follow the person of Jesus. Lord, may we follow love this year. The truth of who you are, Father God. We thank you. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Tumi, but I do want to encourage you. Create a space, maybe throughout the day or throughout the week, to really create a space to say, God, come talk more to me. Come speak more to me. Because that's what God wants to do. He's present every single day, speaking. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.